0: Hello and welcome to the Simply Learning Tuition podcast where we chat all things education. I'm Kitty McQuirter, an education consultant and today I'm going to be chatting with Hugh May who is headmaster at Eton House Belgravia. Prior to his headship here he had five previous headships so he has plenty of experience. Thank you so much for talking to us today Hugh. I just wanted to start by talking about your individual learning plans. I know that you're non-selective at entry, but each boy has an individual learning plan, so I would love to hear more about these.
1: So the learning plans are all related between myself and the class teacher. We do them every half term. They also send me information at the end of the week on how the boys have attained in their English and maths lessons, whether they are at our expected level above it or below it. And then the teacher, teachers detail what they're going to do next week as well. So we take that information, we take the testing information that we've done, or we do standardized tests with the boys as well as internal tests. We look at how they're doing with their own schoolwork in every subject. All of that information then goes into an individual learning plan. So I sit down with a member of staff, we go through their academics, we go through their social progress, we go through how. Um, our clubs, or if they're learning an instrument, or they're, if they're doing anything else within school, out of school, how is that helping them to evolve? And then picks out about four or five global targets for the next half term, and they run alongside then the weekly targets for their English amounts. And then we present that to the parents then, usually in an end of term report, or sooner if we need to if there are issues. And of course, because the parents in normal times get to see the staff quite a lot they'd be feeding back daily anyway currently we're doing that via zoom or email uh but those are the individual learning plans so every boy then has one of those as in class but it just pins it down a little bit more formally with the individual learning plans
0: what is typical day at eaton house belgravia from when children are arriving in the morning to to when they're being picked up including sport if they have afternoons of sport
1: so obviously we've got slightly different timings for the pre-prep and the prep. So I'll give you a typical pre-prep day to kick off. Um, doors are open at half past eight. Boys come in, they used to shake my hands, they don't anymore, they say good morning. So they come into class, then I'm settling in time with their class teacher. The is taken a quarter to nine. And then for the pre-prep classes, that's reception, year one, year two and year three, they'll have their reading time. From a quarter to nine to nine thirty, where they're listened to individually. And the younger classes then will have phonics lessons at that time too. The older ones of year two up will have more comprehension and grammar vocabulary exercises till 9:30. Then 9:30 then till 10:30 is the first formal teaching hour where they'll have either an English or maths lesson. Mm -hmm. And that'll be very interactive very hands-on. 10.30 they have a 20 minute break, which they have in class, because we have very little outside space. Although we do have a collection of small terraces on site where they use them in rota, get some outside fresh air at that point. We provide the snacks. And then at 10 to 11 till 10 to 12 is the second hour. And they'll do English or math, depending on what they didn't do before break. 10 to uh, 12 to 10 past one is lunchtime. And in that time, they'll go to Batsy Park, for 40 minutes for a run around, and then they'll come back to school then for their lunch. And then at 10 past one, then the afternoon lessons start. It could be assembly or it could be form time. And then at half past one, then they could be going off to Batsy Park for sport. So they'll do that for two afternoons, for the whole afternoon they'll go off to Batsy Park for sport. Or then they have a range of other lessons, so science. Music with a Music Specialist, Computing with a Computer Specialist, History or Geography, Art or Design Technology, French they'll be doing as well, all in that afternoon slot which gets them to quarter to four. Quarter to four they can go home or they can stay then for clubs from four till five. The Prep School is slightly different in that they'll start at the same time, doors open the half a day, their lessons start at nine o'clock. English and Maths trying to keep it in the mornings too, they have sports as well for two whole afternoons. They also have, like the pre-prep, an extra half an hour slot in school for PE2. They have more specialist teachers, they also have Latin added to their programme as well, and their day finishes at four o'clock. And then for the boys who are doing 7 plus, 8 plus and 11 plus, there's specific curriculums designed for us to make sure that we're engineering, all of those testing requirements into our everyday curriculum. So it's a pretty much an accelerated curriculum. So our year the year two national curriculum begins in year one for us because the boys who are doing King's and St Paul's, 7 plus, they needed to have completed the year two curriculum by the October they join year two. Otherwise they're at a huge disadvantage.
0: So would you say that the school is focused around really setting the pupils up for their next stage of um, senior school? And is there a lot of focus around preparing them for those exams?
1: Um, it's, it's integrated into what we do because, you know, not every boy goes for those exams. So it's got to be uh, integrated into what we do. Oh, and by the way, you are ready to do 7 plus or 8 plus and obviously 11 plus. But of course, 7 plus and 8 plus can be actually down to whether the boy is mature enough to do it. You know, we may have well taught them everything, but actually sitting those external exams are very tense. And if you're not mature enough to cope with that, then it's not your time to be doing them.
0: Do you uh, do any, so, any work around preparing for interviews? Because I know increasingly yeah. schools are doing a lot more interviews as well.
1: Yeah, we've always done that. So yes, they do that with myself. Uh, I'll, I'll get an external person in that they don't know. So they're very comfortable with me. And so it's often good to have them with a stranger. So I'll get an ex-head of the school in to run those for me as well.
0: Fantastic. And do you have any standout clubs that are noteworthy that you think the, the boys really enjoy or you want to talk about?
1: Well, they're all really popular, but, but particularly popular ones are things like karate, the sports clubs, chess, the cooking club, that is extremely popular. They love that. I mean they go home and of course they eat most of it before they actually. <laughs> uh, cook fresh um the uh technology club so we've got a design technology club with 3d printers here that's a really popular one too
0: they sound like a great collection of clubs there um do you have a strong house system to sort of support that pastoral care or what kind of pastoral framework do you have in place very
1: very strong house system the house master and mistress plays a, a core part of the rewards and sanctions system. So the boys get a head of house, which means if they've done exceptionally good work, they go to the head of house. He or she then sees their work and they have special rewards for that. They have a, a magnetic badge, which they can keep. They get that after they've got 10 tokens. So when they've got 10 good works, they then get this special reward. Then the 10 tokens are totaled up downstairs and so the boys can see who's doing well with the houses. But it forms part of a, a much broader well-being support. So each day there are two form sessions where the, the teachers actively ask the boys, how are things going today? What has happened? Is there anything we need to discuss? A bit like circle time for the younger ones, more formal for the older ones. And they, they formally have those sessions because they say it's good for the boys to talk. We then have our head of well-being who comes over and runs some well-being sessions with the boys too. Particularly the boys who are doing exams, 7 plus 8 plus 11, but it's there for everyone too. So it's really integrated into our programme.
0: And how often do they get to meet in a house or perform maybe a house song or a house play, things like that?
1: So normally they meet every two weeks. Obviously this year has been a little different because you can't cross bubbles. So they've been doing it remotely via Zoom. We have around about four inter-house competitions a term. They'd be sport, they'd be drama, they'd be music. At various ages, so there's a lot of inter-house competitions. Uh, Art ones, photography ones, there's a sort of whole variety.
0: Fantastic. And I saw you have some golden rules which probably make up part of the values and the behaviour within the school. How do you implement these? Is it these that create the ethos of the school, do you think?
1: I do think it, it is those. They are at the core of what we do. They're in every class, on the wall in every class, and we talk about them a lot. We usually pick up one or two in our assemblies as well, just to highlight. And, and staff will give uh, merit certificates in light of the golden rules. So it is at the core of what we do.
0: And can you think of a couple of examples off the top of your head of, of some of those rules?
1: I think one of them is the honesty one. I mean, there's something that we extol. It's it's so important in the boys for them to be honest and kind and considerate towards each other. It's the honesty. And if they've done something wrong, own up to it. One thing I talk to the boys about is consequences. Every choice they make has a consequence. Often it's good. 99% of the time it's good. But sometimes that consequence is not so good. But they need to understand that they made that choice and it has a consequence. And the consequence how do we know? Made a good choice, Well, everyone's happy, rewards, merits, everyone's around you is buzzing. How do we know when it's a, not a good consequence or good choice? Not rewards. <laughs> and everyone's not happy with you. So they need to understand that they are in control. They can't blaming anyone else. You know, they are at that point and they can make that decision and their friends around them if they see they're making a bad choice they just need to say oh, are you making a good choice and often that's enough for the boys to go actually no i don't think i am so change your mind then do something different so that was also part of the, the whole golden rules too
0: i think there's a really nice common theme with eaton house schools about the pupils really looking out for each other and being in a really nurturing environment which is such a nice theme to come out of a school I think um so a couple more questions is are you quite limited with space and do you have any facilities within the school which are fantastic and do you have it any issues with the lack of space other than maybe the break time is a slight issue there's no outdoor space but you've got Battersea Park to use.
1: Yeah I think that because the school's been here for such a long time we've done well with actually utilising every bit of space that we have here so we've got a brand, well it's now two years old science lab, state of the art state of the art design and art room with 3D printers, an excellent computer room, a very large hall which we use for PE lessons and music and it's got a wonderful acoustic our church which is five minute walk away from us. has a wonderful performance space for us that we use. We are very close to Balograve Square, which we're allowed to use. We're allowed to actually use Eaton Square, which the gardens are adjacent to us a little bit too. So within the school, within Batsy Park, Hyde Park and what's around us, we're actually very well equipped. The school has various sizes of rooms, so that does limit the class sizes down to a certain number, which is a good thing, because then that gives a better flow within the school. So our largest room, I'd say, we would be uh, having around 16 children in it, and our smallest room would be 10. And then within that, then, of course, we have got teachers and teaching assistants too within that. So I think, you know, we are fine. Oh, yeah, it'd be great for me to have playgrounds just here. It'd be great for me to have a field here, but I'm in Sloan Square, that just isn't the case. We're about nine minutes away from Batsy Park on our coach, so the coach goes straight into Batsy Park. So it works, it works. It doesn't, restri- it doesn't restrict us. It just gets us to think more creatively about what's on our doorstep.
0: And also it's a lovely place to be for a school as well. So a small sacrifice to, to make and yeah. you have got Batsy Park down the road. So that's great. Um, do you have two, year, uh, two classes per year group?
1: So varieties, usually three. So we usually have three reception, three year one, three year two, sometimes three year three, often down to two. And then the prep school classes are, we are deliberately setting them at two classes in year four, five, and six. So yeah, that's how we structure. With the pre-prep, they're age appropriately grouped. So when the boys come in a reception, we'll have an autumn ball class, a spring ball class, and a summer ball class. That allows us then to take into account any age-specific motor or growth, fine motor or gross motor difficulties that the boys have. Cognitively, the expectations are the same. We have a minimum level each boy has to get to, regardless of his age in each year group. And then we have obviously the planning then to stretch and support the boys as needed.
0: And do you have extra SEN support or booster classes for children that are struggling?
1: We do, yeah. And for those then who are off the top end of the scaling ability too.
0: For stretching and challenging.
1: Stretching, yeah. Stretching and challenging as well as the ones who might need a bit more support.
0: Fantastic. Okay, just to round up, um, I'd love to hear how you would describe Eaton House Belgravia in three words.
1: Ah, okay. Vibrant, personalised, and fun.
0: And that brings us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, Hugh. I really enjoyed getting a deeper insight into what life at Eaton House Belgravia is like. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed today's discussion, we have plenty more on our podcast channels, so be sure to check them out.